This is The Point, professional investing in Australia with Pendle. Welcome to The Point podcast from Pendle. Markets and investors have plenty to think about. There's conflict between superpowers, Russia and the US, over Ukraine. There's the economic emergence from COVID. But arguably the biggest challenge of all is the pace of interest rate rises in the US and around the globe and what that means for markets. To help me make sense of it all, I'm speaking to Tim Hex, Portfolio Manager with Pendle's Income and Fixed Interest Team. Tim, welcome to The Point. Welcome back to The Point more accurately. Thank you, Sean. So, seven weeks in, pretty volatile start to the year. Mm. What do you make of it? Well, it's yeah, it sure has. I mean, it hasn't been a friendly uh, seven weeks for any market, really, driven primarily by what we're seeing in inflation, which is far more extended than most people thought, and certainly the central banks thought. And uh, we did see a pivot uh, late last year from the US Fed, where they talked about you know moderate rate rises and everything sort of being under control to being a little bit more urgency. And that's seen the market price in rate rises at pretty much every Fed meeting this year, which will be six rate rises. And Australia, despite the RBA thinking that they've got time on their side, the market doesn't believe them. And it's also looking for five rate rises in Australia this year, which is probably a little bit more difficult to see than the US, given the starting points of the two economies. Okay. So we talk about that in some sense as a negative, but it's also a positive because it shows that the economy is picking up speed. Yeah, it does. Although, unfortunately, it's still predominantly supply side led. So, you know, we spoke a lot about this over the last sort of 18 months that your typical inflation episode is demand driven. And so it's a sign of a strong economy and everyone thinks that's not a bad thing. So the rate rises come, but the economy, as you point out, is doing very, very well. And that's like the cycle. The last time we saw rate rises in Australia, particularly just before the GFC and just after, it was also driven by a very strong economy. This time round, it's still very much supply side driven. It is a little bit more demand now as things open up and come back, but it's a different sort of dynamic. I hesitate to use the word stagflation because growth is doing okay, but it is more the negative side of inflation, which is not good for any asset markets, whether it be property, whether it be equities or whether it be bonds. Do you think the supply side of the equation, there'll be some sort of relief from that as we emerge from COVID and a lot of the logistics and supply chain issues play through? Of course, yeah, absolutely there will be. And, you know, the more immediate, the problems of last year, which were goods inflation problems, will start to dissipate during the year. So, you know, you look at some extremes like used car prices in the US were up 40%. Obviously, those things are going to slow down and potentially turn around. But the story for 2022 actually isn't going to be goods prices. I think that's a mature story. The story which has started to emerge is services. In the US, you can see that across a wide number of services. But in Australia as well, we're going to see that. And that gets back to the issue of labour supply and labour demand, which is going to put upward pressure on wages. Businesses are generally in a pretty strong position and they're able to pass those higher costs on. So we're going to be stuck, I think, for at least the next two years in this sort of loop of higher costs driving higher prices and feeding back in then into higher costs. So it's going to be all about services inflation rather than goods inflation. And that will be more sustained than what we have seen in goods. Okay. So before we get onto what that means for investing in bonds, Mm. what you're saying is the next couple of years, then we're going to see that inflation, particularly the services inflation, Mm. that will result in higher interest rates over the next couple of years? Correct. Yes. So- With that, in the back of your mind, how does an investor think about bonds? Well, I think the great thing is, uh, obviously, 
you know, bonds have had negative performance as rates rise. I mean, that always happens. I think the exciting thing, though, is bonds are starting to get towards levels where you could argue in the medium to longer term they make a lot more sense. It's been very difficult for me as a bond fund manager over the last couple of years to truly, you know, recommend that bonds were a good investment down at 1%, for example. The risks were much more to the upside. We're seeing 10-year bond yields now getting back towards 2.5%. Now, why is 2.5% interesting? Well, from a very basic sort of fundamental point of view, the inflation target is 2.5% and the RBA is going to be likely to hit that over the next five years consistently. Obviously, it's a little bit higher at the moment. And real yields are now back to zero. So 10-year real yields, which had been negative, and they got as low as minus 1%, they've been negative since COVID and in some countries since before COVID. They're now back to zero as well. So, you know, in the longer term, that's not cheap, but at least it's no longer expensive. So I look at a 2.5% inflation rate with a zero real yield, and that gets you a sort of a a very medium to long-term fair value around about 2.5 and 10-year bonds. Now, we're very close to there. We're around 225 at the moment. Now, I think that's important because most asset allocators are underweight bonds. Bonds, of course, are still a defensive instrument. And if we did see a recession or a sharp downturn, they will perform that task. The beauty of it now is that if you own those bonds up around 2.5%, your downside on capital is going to be more limited. Now, it's not to say that the surge we're going to potentially see this year in services inflation and the economy itself won't see rates move higher than there. It's not like that's a wall it hits. All I'm trying to make the point is on a medium to long-term basis at 2.5%, I can sit here and tell people the bonds are no longer expensive. They may not be cheap, but at least you should be looking to upweight them in your portfolio for a medium to long-term outlook. And so in an asset allocation sense, you can comfortably recommend that people rethink weightings of bonds knowing that you know the next two years probably won't be as tough as the last two years. Yeah, I think what you'll find is, as I said, they're no longer expensive. Yep. I hesitate to say they're cheap because I think, you know, normally when you see momentum like this develop in an economy, it does push rates higher than what you might call fair value. So, you know, you could see a 10-year bond get as high as 3%. My point simply is that at 25 they're no longer expensive. And given people's models generally have their investments underweight bonds, I think it'll be a good time to consider getting back at least to benchmark weight. And then if they were to sell off further, perhaps to move it up from there as well. I just don't see a situation on a five or 10 year horizon where inflation is going to run away. I think central banks will be taking action. And also with real yields, there is going to potentially be a little bit of upside pressure as investment markets pick up. But I think the days of sort of 2 or 3% real yields that we saw prior to the GFC, they're long gone and we're not going to see those again. Tim, thank you for talking to The Point. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you for your time, Sean. That was Tim Hext, Portfolio Manager with Pendle's Income and Fixed Interest Team. You have been listening to The Point Podcast from Pendle. I'm Sean Aylmer. 